the call of Gideon. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash and Abaz. These, I'm, I'm going to stop sometimes and let you say these. <laughs> Other, so you can come back at me. All right. <clears throat> to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, Please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of the Midian. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of the Midian. Do not I send you. And he said to him, Please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least of my father's house. And the Lord said to him, But I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites in, as one man. And he said to him, If now I have found favor in your eyes, then show me a sign that is, is you who speaks to me. Please do not depart from here until I come to you and bring out my present and set it before you. And he said, I will stay till you return. So Gideon went into his house and prepared a young goat and eleven cakes with an ephah of flour and meat he put in a basket and a broth he put in a pot and brought them to him under the terebinth and presented them and the angel of God said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened cake and put them on this rock and pour out the broth over them. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord reached out the tip of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened cakes. And the fire sprang up from the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened cakes. And the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. Then Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. And, the, and Gideon said, Alas, <clears throat> O Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace be to you. Do not fear, you shall not die. Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is peace. To this day I will still sound at Ophrah, which brings us to the... Thank you. <laughs> Amen. I've really... Uh, let me pray. Um, thank you, Lord, for um, the story we're about to look at. And um, I pray... Uh, that this would be a meaningful time together of hearing your voice for us as one before you and also as us as one, St. Margaret's Rising Hall before you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I've really enjoyed this sermon series that we've had over the past few months. So I can say that because I wasn't the main thinker of it, it was actually Jamie. So thanks to Jamie who put this together and um, 
we've been invited to know more of the Lord, to explore his character, to build faith that he is who he says he is. We started two months ago with that prayer of Moses, show me your glory. And I think the Lord has begun to do just that. Um, Sometimes for me, it's been very obvious points of revelation and growth. And others, other times it's just felt quite gentle, gentle, the Lord gently leading me and I think us into a new pastures, into a new place. Um, I'd like to repeat something that we shared a couple of times right at the start of this series. And it seems all the more incongruent with the change of seasons and it's dark and cold. But I do believe that the Spirit is saying to us, it is springtime. And you, you, you can bloom. Why not bloom if not here and now? Um, and I, I believe that the Lord does want to renew us, to wake us up to him, uh, uh, to bless you with his presence, a renewed sense of excitement and purpose about following Jesus. And it's not just for us as ones and twos, as individuals, but for us as a whole church. Um, something that stayed with me, a thing of revelation, has been something Jamie shared a few weeks ago. And I, you know when you know something in theory, but the Lord catches you and you clearly don't know it in your heart. <laughs> and I was confronted by it in a strange, surprising way. Uh, that um, God doesn't want you to have a really hard life to punish you or to deprive you or possibly to grow you or even a really hard life in order to glorify him um, but that he desires our best, that he wants our flourishing, that he wants to give us good gifts and that is his character and that is possibly not the God of my head (laughs) but it is the God of heaven and earth that's revealed in scripture. So Finally, the name of God we're looking at today, the Lord is peace. Jehovah Shalom. Shalom not being the absence of violence, but the presence of Jesus, in whom we feel, in whom we are safe, secure, in whom we're seen, we're delighted in, um, and in whom we delight, not needing to prove ourselves or to earn or to perform, but the one in whom all our striving and performance can cease. Don't we long for that? I long for that not just to be my theology, but also to be my experience. Peace seems in short supply. I think the cost of living crisis has revealed a vicious, growing divide between the haves and the have-nots that has actually been bubbling underneath the surface for decades. Um, And this, I'm I'm aware, sharing this, might seem a really privileged thing to say because I recognize I'm not on the bleeding edge of this crisis. And and I'm grateful, but I'm not. But nevertheless, I think it is true. One of the huge costs of this crisis, and also the coronavirus, um, isn't just material. It's psychological. It's like a fear virus. I see it in people who really ought not be afraid, but they are. Will there be enough? The future feels bleak. And this is on top of a general anxiety 
which is caused by um, 24-7 news and the fragmentation of our attention caused by mobile phone devices. Sue Grice was telling me that she doesn't use one. <laughs> I was a bit jealous. Because um, uh, I, 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 I think my phone actually makes me anxious. And then I get anxious about the fact that I'm anxious and should have a better relationship with technology. Um, uh, maybe we should be more like Sue. <laughs> I'm about to talk about... She's not here. But, and she's not going to listen to the podcast. <laughs> I'm going to talk about um, Gideon and the Midianites. The Midianites were stealing the people's peace. And I want you to think, what's your Midian? In what are you inviting the Lord you, what, in what place do you need the Lord to be your peace? Are you oppressed? Are you suffering under some kind of oppression? It could be physical, mental, situation, circumstance. And are we oppressed in Frisinghall and Bradford? The Lord is with you. I read from verse 11. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abizrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Well, it certainly doesn't feel like he is. Gideon has been found in a bit of an embarrassing and shameful circumstance. Um, usually wheat is threshed in a wide open space where the wind can blow away the chaff. But here he is in an opposite kind of place, um, in a sunken pit, awkwardly sorting out the grain from the chaff. Gideon is hiding. He's hiding from the Midianites out of fear that these bullies would gladly observe Gideon doing all this hard work and then come and take it from him once he'd finished in the past, and actually in the fairly recent past, like three generations, life was cold, brutish, and short, and most likely ended violently. One of my favorite books is um, George Orwell, Road to Wigan Pier. And that's 1920s, and it's a cold, hard life of northern women and men working down the mines. Um, when things have changed, and this is partly why the cost of living crisis is so scary. It's a threat to a return to a chaotic past. Perhaps the only way isn't up. It's hard to invest in a future that seems uncertain. And this is really, it's really psychological. Why bother taking agency and bettering your life if your enemies or even your government could just take it from you. Um, I don't think it, this should be controversial, but I feel like maybe it is to express gratitude for living in a Western liberal democracy. Not saying that things are perfect, far from it, but just thinking, actually, I'm really grateful that I don't live under the threat of enemies coming and stealing, or my government, look at Iran, oppressing me. Um, it's wrong to place our hope in progress. 
It's kind of like a, it's one of the most seductive idols that human beings have, particularly in the West. Uh, It's a Tower of Babel project. It's the kingdom without the king. And yet God makes clear his desire, desire for liberty and freedom from the oppression of the Midianites. In the same way, I believe he desires the flourishing of humanity, an end to inequality, an end to crisis after crisis. But more than our economic welfare, um, he desires us to know him, to know him close with us, that he is our peace. We'll keep reading. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. So who is this guy, this angel of the Lord? Um, I think for Christian readers of the Bible, it's Jesus This is Jesus appearing in the Old Testament, and it's actually not the only time it happens. It happens a few times, Uh, and um, don't try and work it out, (laughs) how Jesus can appear in the pages of the Old Testament before he's born in Bethlehem. Um, That's a bit of a mind melt, and yet I think this is Jesus speaking to Gideon. Um, Jesus gives Gideon amazing promises of hope of not being a God who seems far away, but a God who is close, who is active in his world and in the world. That God is with us, Emmanuel. But notice Gideon's very polite response. Pardon me, my Lord, but (laughs) if Jesus was speaking to St. Margaret's Frisinghall or to you individually, what might he say? And we actually don't need to wait to hear what God has to say to our city and to Frising Hall, although no doubt there might be specific things that he wants to say to each one of us and to us. But he's already told us that in him, this is the year of Jubilee, where the poor are lifted up and the mighty are humbled, where debts are cancelled, where poverty is pushed back, that he wants to dignify broken people to give us a garland of joy instead of ashes of despair. He's promised to us over and over again that he will be with us and that we can know him close. And on a personal level, that I'm already forgiven, that I'm already a son, you're a daughter, um, that I'm his beloved. He'd even say to me, the Lord is with you, Nathaniel, or (laughs) each one of us here, mighty warrior. And if you're like me, I often don't feel like this. I I might find myself saying, well, pardon me, my Lord, (laughs) but look at my life. Look at the situations in my life. Um, Bradford and Frisinghall are oppressed. 
There's wonderful things about Bradford, and I get really defensive about Bradford with anyone <laughs> who doesn't. I feel like I've been here for six years now. I'm allowed to moan about it a bit, but anyone from Leeds <laughs> or from anywhere else in the country. My mom came, spent some time with us and the kids this week, and um, she was uh, saying how Bradford's uh, prettier than you'd think. And I was like, what do you mean prettier than you'd think? <laughs> And she's like, well, it doesn't have that reputation. What do you mean? Who, who, who said that? <laughs> and I know what she means. It's got a reputation. Uh, but it has a reputation for, for a reason. There is, like the Israelites suffered under Midian, we, we, have, we suffer under an oppression. And we, we have oppressors There's, of hopelessness and poverty, addiction, the oppression of the strong over the weak. And a narrative, a story that we tell ourselves, that our whole city tells itself, that our glory is in the past. Um, a, a chronic decline, a fall from grace. Actually, if you look at the history, sort of, sort of a fall from grace. There's always been, a poverty, there's always been oppression and poverty in Bradford. I believe the Lord is saying to us as a church, I want to use you. <laughs> To change some of this. I feel like we're Gideon. We've made steps. And we're stepping out in faith. With the warm church projects. And wanting to open ourselves up to our community. To partner with others beyond ourselves. Um, Patch. Wednesday club. Homework club. The litter picks. Um, but even all of these wonderful things. It feels like scratching at a mountain. Or an iceberg. Like with a toothpick <laughs> and yet I feel the Lord is with us he's asking us to step out and to trust him and the Lord says to us as to Gideon go in the strength you have am I not sending you I will be with you Jesus says in Luke's gospel one of my favorite verses do not be afraid little flock for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. That's us, a little flock. <laughs> and it gives the father pleasure to give us his kingdom. I'll read a few more verses um, from 17. Gideon replied, If now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until you return. Gideon went inside, prepared a young goat, and from an ephah of flour, he made bread without yeast, putting the meat in a basket and its broth in a pot. He brought them out and offered them to him under the oak. The angel of God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread, place them on this rock and pour out the broth. And Gideon did so. Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread with the tip of the staff that was in his hand. Fire flared from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread, and the angel of the Lord disappeared. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Alas, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace, do not be afraid, you are not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it, The Lord is Peace. To this day it stands in Ophrah of the Abizrites. I think there's a word for each of us in this, but also for all of us. 
um, for me and for you as we stand before God and then for us as a church family at St. Margaret's, the little flock of Frisinghall. <laughs> there's, um, there's a lot to be afraid of at the moment and it feels like anxious times in general in our nation. Um, over the past few years, I think maybe I've grown in self-awareness, but quite apart from that, I definitely feel more anxious um, in myself, suffering with anxiety. And I think logically, I've actually got quite a lot of things to feel anxious about. And yet, it's not nice. It's not nice. Um, and for us, as a church, there are some things that could give us anxiety. Will there be enough money to finish off this heating project. But much more than that, can we go the distance? Can we climb the hill? Can we actually make a meaningful impact in our community that goes beyond just words and sentiment? Could the Lord use us to help end oppression uh, of our day's Midian in Bradford and Frisinghall? I really want to see this. I don't I don't think our clever ideas are going to cut it. I think the Lord will you know, he'll help us. He'll speak to us. He'll give us some clever ideas. But we need him. We need him to go with us, to be with us, just like he was with Gideon. Martin Luther King uh, said, the peace of God isn't the absence of violence, but it's the presence of Jesus Christ. And that's what we need. He doesn't want to quell our anxiety and bring us peace. Um, he, do, he, he does want to quell our anxiety and bring us peace, Lynn. <laughs> he does, but not so we can relax in an armchair and think, oh, thanks, Jesus. I feel much better now. <laughs> he wants to give us peace because there's a fight on. He's sending us into battle, into the fray. And... Um, and much of this battle will be fought in prayer. There are dark spiritual powers that empower the oppression of poverty and addiction and hopelessness in Bradford. There are strongholds. They empower it and they also feed off it. Um, and I believe the Lord desires to tear these down, that these things that have existed for generations could be brought low. Gideon had a revelation of God's peace before he waged war on Midian. And God wants to give us his peace that from a sure-footed place, from a place where our feet are planted on the solid rock of his love and of his grace, uh, we'd be able to, to go out from that place knowing the greatest promise, I will be with you. For Gideon, this isn't an intellectual exercise. He meets God. He has an experience of God and it brings him peace. So um, I, want, I want to finish now, but I want us to pray for each other before we sing. Is there a spare one? I want to read it. Actually, no, I've got it here. <laughs> so, no, it's fine. Um, so I want us in twos or threes 
I'm not going to ask you to pray. Um, some of us feel more comfortable or more uncomfortable about praying out loud for each other. But I just want you to pray what's written down on this sheet of paper. Perhaps if you're in twos and threes, perhaps ask, may I put a hand on your shoulder as I pray for you? And just to say these words, it says a name, obviously say their name. <laughs> name. <laughs> uh, let, me, let, me, let me pray this and then and let's have a bit of activity where we pray for each other. Because this is, we are individuals here, but we're also part of a family. Um, last week, Helen talked about us being part of an army. I was that the week before. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Stand in your strength. The Lord is with you. He is close to you. He loves you. He desires your good. He will lead you. Fear not. He is sending you. I bless you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, who is our peace. So shall we stand um, and just shuffle up to your... Let's go in twos and threes. Uh, oh, pray over each, each of you. Um, make sure each of you have prayed this blessing.